This is our second session now on Ephesians 6, 14 to 17. I have two questions to ask, and I'm afraid I don't have very confident or satisfactory answers for either of them, but maybe that will stir you up to see things more clearly than I do. Let's read it again. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. So a belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet. So some kind of shoes with readiness of the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Let's make that one, I suppose, which is the Word of God. So you've got a uh, piece of armor and a spiritual counterpart, right? The spiritual armor belt corresponds to a spiritual reality of truth. Breastplate corresponds to righteousness. Shoes corresponds to readiness to preach the gospel or share the gospel. Shield corresponds to faith. Helmet corresponds to salvation. And sword of the Spirit corresponds to word of God. So, Father, as we try to understand the order and these correspondences, I pray for light. Maybe even while I talk, you would grant more light than I bring at the outset. We need you, Father. You're the one who opens our eyes to see what is really here. That's all we want to see. We don't want to bring anything in. So help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So my two questions are, first, can we make sense or see any pattern in the order of these six? And the second question is, is there a clear correspondence in meaning between why truth would correspond to belt and righteousness to breastplate and readiness for the gospel with, with shoes and faith with shield and salvation with helmet and word of God with spirit? Is it obvious how each of the, the spiritual counterparts make it especially suitable, say, that salvation is called a helmet and not a breastplate. So that's the, that's the second question. Let's take the first one about the order. Is the order here of these six, I assume Paul has a reason for why he put this one first, this one second, and this one last. What would that reason be? Let me try out two possibilities, and you think with me. Is it the order that the soldier actually gets dressed, gets suited out with his armor? Well, let's try that and see if that makes sense. Girded your waist. So the first thing he does is, having put on his basic clothing, he puts on this um, belt or piece of apron that protects his vitals and holds things together. And then the next thing he does is put on his breastplate. Now, that sounds odd to me because if the breastplate is on, it's going to be harder to bend over and put your shoes on. 
but maybe somebody else puts his shoes on. So he puts on his breastplate, then he gets his special shoes with their cleats that enable him to press into the battle, and then he picks up his shield, which again seems a little odd to me because I would think you might need both your hands to put your helmet on. And if you have one of your hands stuck through the straps on the back of your shield, will you be able to get your helmet on? And yet, maybe so. And maybe helmet is after shield because this is but the last thing you want to do because it's hot under there. Or maybe there are just slits in the helmet and you, you can only see a little bit. So this is the last thing you're going to do. And then you pick up your sword and you're ready to go. So I think it, it could work to say that the reason these six flow in this direction is because more or less that's the way the soldier puts on the pieces, though I can see a couple of problems with it. So I'm not sure whether that's the reason for the order or not. Let's try another approach. Could the order be determined not by the piece of armor when you put it on, but rather the spiritual aspect and whether there's a spiritual flow from truth to righteousness, to readiness with the gospel, to faith, to salvation, to word of God? Does that work? Well, not obviously, <laughs> but let me try it. So let's, let's just put, the, put a, a meaning on these that would make this more or less work. So we are encountered with truth, happens to be the truth of the gospel. And in that truth, we are counted righteous or we become righteous. We'll work on that later as to whether this righteousness is imputed or the actual lived out imparted righteousness. So truth is encountered. We become righteous, and now we're ready to take up the gospel and run into the world with it. And to do that, we take faith as a way of battling. Now, you might say, oh, no, 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 faith belonged right here, because between truth and righteousness, you got to believe. Well, that's true. That's why I'm not sure <laughs> about what's going on here. But this faith might be conceived not as the first faith you need in order to uh, move from truth to righteousness, but this might be warfare faith. In other words, I'm going to take up the shield and I'm going to believe the promises of God. I'm going to make war as I go with the gospel into the world, and I'm going to defeat the devil. And then salvation seems like it should go <laughs> up here as kind of a, a general statement. But maybe that's because I am treating salvation as the big picture of all that God does in order to save our souls. Maybe in the way Paul's thinking here, salvation is the specific rescuing work when we're in the thick of the battle. In other words, we're, we've got our shield now, we're going to trust the promises of God, and we take the helmet, that is, we, we uh, put over our head the confidence that in the battle we're going to be saved. God's going to fight for us. We're going to be rescued from the enemy in this battle. And so let's take up this sword and go forward with the offensive weapon. So either of those strategies of trying to figure out why this order is the way it is, either one 
that is describing the order of the pieces of armor being put on, or the truth and the righteousness and the gospel and faith and salvation and word of God actually being the way those flow in the warfare of the Christian, I'm not sure. You think further about why you think the order is this. Here's one more question. Is there a reason why truth is called a belt or a girding, why righteousness is called a breastplate, why readiness with the gospel is called shoes, and why faith is called a shield, and why salvation is called a helmet, and the Word of God is is called a sword, and some of them seems really obvious, right? Well, yeah, of course there is. Um, like readiness with the gospel, we're running with that. That makes sense. The shoes of readiness. If you got your running shoes on or your battle cleats on, you're ready to move out with the gospel. And this one, word of God, the sword of the Spirit, this is the offensive weapon. There's only one offensive weapon in this list, and that's right here, the sword. And we'll see as we take these up one at a time that the Word of God is an especially effective offensive weapon. Now, my guess is we could do that with each of these. We could explain why he would say that truth is like a belt, and why righteousness is like a breastplate, and that's what we're going to do one at a time in the in the uh, episodes to come. But let me sound a caution as we close. And here's the caution: over in First Thessalonians chapter five, Paul says this: "Since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith." And love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now, here in Ephesians, it's the helmet of salvation. That's close enough. But it's the breastplate of righteousness. Whereas here, it's the breastplate of faith instead of the shield of faith. Now, what does that imply? What it implies to me is. Be careful that you don't overinterpret. In other words, if he can make the breastplate the breastplate of faith, then probably we shouldn't say, this is the only way you could say it, shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, when in fact, elsewhere, he talks about the breastplate of faith and love. So I'm inclined to say, there are reasons why Paul attached each of the spiritual realities with its piece of armor. But we should be careful that we don't demand that no other ways of looking at it, no other spiritual meanings might reside in breastplate, when in fact Paul himself said it was a breastplate of faith. So we've got our work cut out for us. What we're going to do now in the future is take these one at a time, 
and use the rest of Ephesians to try to figure out what actually in experience, I'm talking about reality now, not just words in relation to texts, but in your experienced reality, what does it mean to do each of these six suitings up? 